Hey guys, welcome to the How To Dad podcast. My name is Devin Pierce. We are live on Mixer. And it is July 7th, 2019. Our last episode was on June 30th, just last Sunday, where we talked about teaching positive relationships through examples. And we also had a channel podcast update segment as well at the end of that. Each week, I bring you guys tips, tricks for adulting, parenting, and life as a whole. Sharing the tools of my toolbox with you so you can be better prepared for life's great adventure. Tonight's episode is episode 15, and this is RCS episode 2. Uh, for those of you who maybe skipped episode 5 from April 7th, 2019... These are random conversation starters. So we're going to hit a couple of different topics tonight and hopefully get a conversation going about it. If you are an audio listener, you'll find links to that episode in the description of today's episode. I had a lot of ideas come to me over the past week or so with regards to what I would like to include in the next RCS episode. However... I didn't write any of them down, and that's not very helpful, which made uh, writing tonight's shows really difficult. However, I did come up with two quick topics. Well, the first one's not so quick. But two topics we're going to discuss tonight. And before I get into any of those guys, just a quick reminder, whether you are participating live on Mixer, watching the YouTube replays, or if you're an audio-based listener for the podcast, please share the podcast with your friends, family members, and associates. Uh, give it a like, thumbs up, a review, depending on the platform you're on. And be sure to get in touch with me about your answers for the weekly questions, because we can't build a community with just one person. And I'm, you know, I'm pretty sure I have the charisma for it, but it get pretty lonely around here pretty fast. So what are our two topics for this evening going to be? The first topic we're going to talk about is exposure parenting versus sheltered parenting. And then we're going to discuss remembering you before the you you are now. So for our first topic, I'm probably going to upset some people. I'm okay with that. I think we're going to discuss this in a very tasteful in a straightforward manner. But for the purpose of today's t topic, when we discuss exposure versus sheltered parenting, we're going to define exposure as permitting an experience or some part or in its entirety. So not just showing something, but the actual experience of something, either in part or in its whole. And we'll look at sheltered comparatively as protecting or limiting someone from an experience or aspects of them. I can think of many times where people have used the expression, oh, you must have had a sheltered childhood, um, to make fun of someone not being as aware of about a particular experience or topic. And I've done it myself. 
uh, when comparing my life to people around me. I mean, it happens. But there are actual parenting styles that are about sheltering your children from certain things around them. And the big ones we're going to discuss today are the ones, like I said, most people are going to probably get me trouble for. Curse words, drugs, and alcohol. Quick disclaimer, guys. As I have mentioned before, I'm just a regular dad sharing with you my opinions and experiences. And I definitely welcome any debate on anything that comes up today um, that you would like to throw at me. So whether it's down in, under the bridge where all the trolls live or live in the chat room later in the week, let me know. I think this could be a good conversation starter. There's a bit of a proverb with regards to exposure parenting in a contrasting way to sheltered parenting. And it goes something like this. There are, there are two identical twins. These boys are born and their mother dies during childbirth. Their father turns to alcoholism to solve his problems and deal with his pain. And when the boys are grown, they are approached by an individual doing a study on the differences between identical twins. One twin is moderately successful, has himself a wife, kids, good job, and has never touched alcohol a day in his life. That's pretty impressive. You people can say that. The other twin lives in the bottom of a bottle. And having no family or any kind of real success with life. The irony of it is, when both twins were asked as to why they did or did not drink, their answer was the same. I saw my father live in a bottle. This adage shows how exposure to certain things can be a double-edged sword. Literally, in this case, the exposure to alcoholism caused one to say, I'm never going to be that person, and the other one saying, well, it's all I know, so that's what I'm going to be. Same situation, same habitat, if you will. Two completely different outcomes from identical twins. And that is definitely something to consideration when you're leaning towards exposure parenting. However, hiding things from a child can also make them want to experience it more. The desire of the forbidden fruit, if it were. Some real life examples on the subject, guys, with regards to curse words anyways. I often get flack from my parents or other people about the amount of swearing that my children are or are exposed to, or rather how much occurs in front of my kids, whether it comes out of my mouth or my spouse's or their biological mother. But we've always discussed with our children, you know, the context of these words. There are better words to use. I could have said this. And we don't just use them willy-nilly and then tell them not to say them. Now, we have explained to our children that these words are not appropriate for children. And that to say them or use them will get them in trouble with other children or adults. 
Contrasting to that, we do permit our children to sing curse words when they are a part of music. Um, it's quite commonplace in modern music these days to have cursing as part of the course of a song. So in that regard, it is hard to get away from exposing your children to that, especially when you have children who love music and want to learn music and want to sing music. Sure, we could just keep them stuck around with uh, Disney songs, but I don't want my head to explode. Our children being consciously aware of those being adult words, we have seen them choose not to interact with other children because they use that language and our kids don't want to associate with that. They straight up said, I don't want to hang out with this kid at school because they swear a lot and I don't like it. And at the same time, from their exposure, you know, it, it's it's not this ooh taboo thing I can go around saying behind my parents' back because my parents don't think it's taboo. They just know it's not a good choice on their behalf and they've told me that much and well, they want me to be better than them, so they're making sure I'm aware of their poor choices. From having these conversations with them, I know that my kids know these words, but I also know that they are aware of the inappropriate nature of them. In the exact example of them choosing who they don't want to interact with, that particular child comes from a home where the parents do, of course, swear on occasion, but it is viewed as a taboo thing, and they will... You can't say that. There's children in the room. Well, in this particular example, that's not working out for them very well, because, well, like I said, my kid doesn't want to be around their kid anymore. And it's not to say my children are perfect. Um, My son just actually got in trouble here at the end of the school year for using foul language, and another child went to the teacher and informed them that my son and another child were using poor choices. Him and this other student were playing a word game, and my son made the poor choice of continuing to play the game, even though the words being used became inappropriate. Um, when he came home, we discussed it with my child. It, it was very obvious to us that it was more about he really wants to be friends with this kid and he didn't want to run away when bad words were said simply because he feared that the kid wouldn't play with him again in a different game. Though when we asked him, he said that wasn't the case, but it seemed pretty obvious to us. Which in a whole is a different lesson entirely. Uh, you got to teach your kids. Friendships are tricky, tricky, tricky business. Last week's episode where we talked about modeling good, positive relationships. By you having good, positive friendships, you can help teach your kids what good friendships look like. So if you haven't already, go ahead and check out that episode. We'll definitely have to sit down and have a talk on the show about friends. And in fact, I'm going to make sure I write that down. Now, moving away from curse words, growing up, my parents were fine with me having a bit of alcohol. 
while in the safety of their home when they were there to supervise. And I'll likely be the same way with my kids, you know. Um, one quarter white wine and three quarters Sprite, so you can have some fizzy bubbly at uh, appropriate teenage year-ish during Thanksgiving dinner. I mean, if they want, I'm not going to make them drink it, but my parents, however, never did any kind of drugs that I was ever aware of when I was a kid. And there were other parents that had the same view on some drugs as my parents did on alcohol. Well, as long as you're doing it here at home where it's a safe environment to do so, we're good to go because I'm here to protect you and keep you safe and make sure you don't overdo yourself. That kind of mentality of if you're going to do it, you might as well do it here where I can protect you. And that's usually with regards to tobacco and marijuana that I've seen that with. Although I'm sure there's probably some parents that are even more uh, liberal with that. When it comes to tobacco, though, I have a friend who smokes cigarettes, but is very self-conscious about doing that in front of their children. Um... Though they haven't said it, I feel like this is, um, if I do this in front of my children, I'm saying it's okay for them to do it type attitude. And perhaps I should have actually asked them about that, but I didn't have time for that today. Uh, meanwhile, my spouse or my ex and even myself when I did smoke, have never hidden the fact that we smoke cigarettes from our kids. Um, it's just... This is our bad habit, and we tell them that. Fun fact, actually. We're about a month shy of my three-year anniversary from when I got a concussion at work and forgot I smoked cigarettes. Yep, that's how I quit smoking. I uh, took a piece of angle iron to the side of the head, moving stuff, and it was like right here, just uh, above my glasses and below my hard hat. Turned my head a little bit more than I had the previous six times I had moved some stuff. And took a piece of steel and right into the temple. And uh, went home feeling nauseous that day. The next day had a cigarette. Uh, just both threw up. And I uh, haven't touched one since. That was the end of that. But, again, this is something that we have discussed with our children about how Smoking cigarettes is an activity for adults, as you need to be mature enough to make the decision to put yourself at risk. And how this is a really terrible hobby, or not hobby, but habit, to pick up. Um, and we go into great detail about the different things that smoking does to your body, and how once you start, you might not be able to stop because of it being addictive. And we've, you know, had our kids pinky promise us that they'll never start smoking, which probably means that they will, because kids like to revolt against their parents, but it's really cute when they pinky promise something like that to you. So I feel like that shows enough of my views on exposure parenting, as you can 
I more so that's where I lean. Of course, there are certain things I don't like exposing my children to, like obscene amounts of violence and things like that. I there are things they don't need to know about the world, uh, especially at the age my kids are at. So I am curious to hear from you guys your different opinions on how to prepare your children for the world and protect them from it as well. Let me know, guys. That actually went a lot quicker than uh, I thought it was going to because it took me a bit to write that. I know for a fact that this next topic is even shorter, and I had originally planned on doing three topics, but thought I wouldn't have enough time, so I didn't do the third one. Notes. Save that for another show. On our second conversation, the idea of remembering you before who you are now. Right? It's a really interesting concept, and it, there's some, it's something that I've become aware of in the last few weeks or so. As I've continued to grow as a person, my hobbies and interests have changed. Like, that's just natural, right? As an example, I used to be really big into video games. I was the video game nerd, you know? I went home after school or work, and I played video games till 3 o'clock in the morning because I didn't know how to sleep, apparently. Um, this has changed, obviously, as the priorities in my life have changed. In fact, I have an Xbox One sitting over here in the closet that you guys can't see, and I haven't touched it since we moved into this house back in February. It's not even hooked up. It's just sitting in the box. And upstairs, I have the Xbox 360 is hooked up because, well, I don't play it as much as I was playing that one, so I put that one up there for Netflix for the kids. I have a couple hundred dollars worth of games over here for the one upstairs that still have the plastic wrap on them. I never even opened the games. Now, I have no intention of getting rid of these um, because I'm stubborn, but I'm hoping also that with some changes I've proposed to my employer about our scheduling, that I will have more time to reconnect with such hobbies. Um... Not to the extent I ever was before, because I have other projects like this podcast, the Dad's Class YouTube channel, or my family's geocaching channel. And I would like to give more time to those things. Oddly enough, what happened was I was experiencing a bout of depression. And as I've mentioned before in the show, it's something that I've been dealing with for the majority of my life. You know, it's not, oh, I feel sad. No, no, it's, it's, someone take all the sharp objects out of my house, please. Thank you. Depression. And, um, even though there were things I could have been doing, I opted to not. This is a few, this is probably over a month ago now. And I was watching some TV with the baby before I put him to bed. And after he went to bed, I, found a kid show that I was like, this looks pretty cool. And I sat there and I watched uh, the new Carmen Sandiego we're in the show or whatever it's called. All of it. 
<laughs> every episode. I binge watched it for the evening. And that was another hobby that I used to be really into. I really, really used to watch a lot of cool shows and be involved in uh, their, you know, in immersing myself in their lore and literature and going, branching out beyond just the show. Um, even for video games, like I have, I own Mass Effect series, Dragon Age series. I own all the books that have been written in correlation to those, the comics that are, have been written. I own them all, right? Like I don't just stick to one genre of, um, of a nerdy thing. I like, I, I go hard when I go nerd. <laughs> I had actually been at a low point for some time. I was just kind of mumbling through it. At the end of the evening, I felt better. Like, it wasn't great, but I actually felt like, huh, this is pretty good. Because I reconnected with a hobby that didn't require a bunch of effort, but brought me some joy. And it, this old hobby helped my mental health, even though it's not something I've been doing much of in years. I remember laughing to myself about it because all I did was watch TV, and TV is not something typically associated with improving your health. So, whether it's about sitting down and re-watching your favorite show, or sitting down to play your favorite video game or even a board game that's just been gathering dust around the house. You know, maybe you used to play um, a musical instrument uh, and you haven't in some time. Or perhaps you spoke another language, but you haven't been practicing it. Maybe there's a book you never finished. I don't really care what it is, guys. Even though you may have new hobbies or interest, sometimes stepping away from those to reconnect to the things you used to be passionate about can foster simply out of the nostalgia of being, doing, I'm tripping over my own words here, but simply because you're doing something that you used to be good at or used to enjoy the nostalgia for it itself may just give you the slight boost of happiness to propel you forward with the things that are currently meaning something to you. The interaction with television occurred just before we went camping at North Country Fair over the summer solstice weekend in June. And I said to myself, you know, my spouse often says that the fair is her annual reset, not New Year's. The fair is her New Year's. And she comes out with the whole... That's where her New Year begins, is after the fair. And I decided to put that same mentality towards it. The festival this year um, is to push me to make different ch changes. Um, like the ones we talked about last week on the podcast when we did a little bit of an update on things. Um as well as making, prioritizing specific amount of time to my different projects going forward 
so that I'm not doing this running around with my hair on fire and hoping I'm going to get something put together for something, right? So this is my new year, new me attitude, if you will. And it's all because I connected with the old me for one night. I hope this has inspired you guys a little bit. I know it was really short, that random conversation starter, but that's that's really all I needed to get the conversation started, I think. So I have a second question for you guys this week because each topic has its own question. Today, for this little aspect of it, what part of your old self are you going to revisit? Whatever it might be, let me know, guys. As always, you can either hit me up live in the chat room this week or next week or anytime here on Mixer, which, just a reminder, starting next week, July 17th, we will now be live on Wednesdays, starting July 17th. And it's looking like it's going to be a mid-morning show. I haven't exactly pinpointed the start time, but I'm thinking it's going to be between 10 a.m. and 12 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, or Mountain Daylight Savings Time, I guess now. As always, you can also hit me up on Twitter at Crown Esso, C-R-O-W-N-E-S-S, the number zero, or via email, crownesso at gmail.com. I feel like I said Gmail weird, but whatever. Of course, if you're watching on the YouTube replay, down under the bridge where all the trolls live in the comment section. Those are the exact same ways, by the way, of how you can get in contact with me if you're interested in joining the How To Dad podcast. Join my forces and become the co-host I'm looking for on the show. Whether it's for a single topic or for an ongoing reappearance, hit me up, guys. Thanks for watching, guys. The How To Dad podcast is owned and hosted by myself, Devin Pierce, and is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Share Alike 4.0 International License, all rights reserved. We are currently available on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. If there is another audio streaming service you would like us to use for this podcast, let me know and I will get it there for you. Good night, everybody.